Hi, I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brennis Female. This is a podcast where inspiring women share their journey. My guest today is El Ayubzadeh, the founder of Zavel, a brand of footwear and handbags designed for the woman who's a global citizen. But before we get to our conversation, I want to thank our sponsor. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women entrepreneurs achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship opportunities. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. El Ayubzadeh created Zvel for women like her, and like you probably, who are a global citizen. She wanted quality, but not at attainable prices, and she wanted a company that would be aligned with the social values that matter to her as a founder. Her line of shoes and handbags are timeless and well-made, so that you won't throw them out after just one season. That's what I call sustainability. She personally works with all of her suppliers to make sure the best materials and the best craftsmen are behind her designs. And after just a few years in business, she founded the brand in 2015, she's gathered a community of diehard fans. Here is my conversation with the founder of Zavel. I always um, wanted to do my own thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't grow up in a family of uh, entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, and you know, I'm the daughter of immigrants, so it's you know you have to be a doctor, a dentist, a, you know, a lawyer, <laughs> and none of those things um, interested me. Um, and I lived in different parts of the of the world. So I was mm. born in in Iran, and I uh, grew up in uh, Dubai before it was you know the glamorous Dubai it is today. Um, and uh, New Zealand afterwards, then Australia, and you know now I'm um, living in Canada, and um, so my you know upbringing was really uh, international, um, and that really played a role in you know like how I live my life today and everything that I do, um, and I just wanted to always had this desire to explore the world and mm. and do something with my life. Right. Um, I have a brother who uh, ha- has an intellectual di- uh, disability. Okay. Uh, there, um, and that really um, influenced my life uh, mm-hmm. in a very big way. Um, and just you know, growing up with him and, and seeing you know his challenges, like he doesn't speak and um, he needs twenty four hour care. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt this, um, you know, this that I had this privilege of having all these gifts that I you know I can speak, I can look after myself. Um, and I wanted to really do something, um, you know, with my life. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, yeah. It's what inspired yeah. you. Were there any women role models that maybe also gave you an idea of what could be possible? Um, my mother has been, uh, you know, a very um, inspiring figure in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, she's a nurse, but she mm-hmm. really uh, gave up our, her career to... Um, you know, be a single mother to to five children. Oh wow! Wow, and, that takes um, yeah, that takes a lot. Yeah, yeah. she's a real uh, you know go getter. Yeah, um, and she really um, you know pushed me uh, in life, mm. and probably a lot of times more than I wanted to be pushed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when we talk about tiger moms, um, right. my mom makes tiger moms look like teddy bears. <laughs> um, you know, she really um, like pushed me. Yeah, mm. um, and she's just you know, never taken, um, you know, no for an answer or felt sorry for Mm. herself. She's always reinvented uh, herself. And um, that really, you know, like I I had that solid foundation at home. So, uh, 
I always felt that I could, you know, if I wanted to achieve something or if I wanted to get something, then I'd just have to go out and get it done. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you have four siblings. Um, are there other girls? Do you have just brothers? Yeah. Uh, there's, I'm the oldest of five. Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, uh, two, well, gee, three girls and two boys, like okay. I'm forgetting. Yeah. Um, and um, they're, you know, and it's, what's so interesting is that, um, you know, my mom says that there's five of us and it's like her five fingers. We could not be uh, more different from each other. Oh, okay. Um, mm -hmm. And she really just brought us up as individuals. Right. Um, yeah. You know, we are a you know close family, but we're so different, and we all live in different parts of of the world. Okay. Um, okay. And so, tell me about your studies. Did you go into something related to business or fashion already, or did that come later? Yeah. Um, I went to university to, to study to be a clinical psychologist. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, and we're, we're at recording at home, today, yeah. which was founded by two psychologists. Yes, so yeah. We've come um, full circle. Yes. It's uh, really, uh, you know, love love home here. Um, and uh, and really it was because, you know, um, I didn't want to be a doctor, but mm -hmm. I always um, had a fascination with people, stories, understanding, um, you know, myself and the world. Um, and... I went to university to be a clinical psychologist and you know I in my third year I failed um, one of my papers mm. and I had to replace it um, you know with another paper because I couldn't take the same paper until the next year okay. and I took a business paper and I uh, really enjoyed it and I you know discovered uh, business so I took more business papers and I took uh, you know more mar marketing papers mm -hmm. and when I finished my uh, undergrad I decided uh, that I was immediately going to apply for uh, a postgrad it was like an MBA like mm -hmm. program and uh, was going to go study uh, business okay uh, to my mother's uh, horror, um, <laughs> and uh, that's really uh, how I got into business. Mm -hmm. And after I uh, finished uh, my postgrad, I bought a one-way ticket uh, to Australia. Wow! With a suitcase full of uh, shoes and books. Ooh. Um, I've always had a you know fascination with shoes and books, and it's really like the two loves of my life. Such a good combo. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and I got into um, you know finance on my. On my first day in Australia. Wow. Okay. Um, and uh, just you know, accidentally, uh, my first interview, these two guys hired me on the spot, mm -hmm. and um, I got into international finance. And uh, from there, I um, you know was working for a, a global asset management, and they relocated me to Canada. Oh, okay, okay. And that's how I ended up in in Canada. And you know, um, long story short, was that I've always been a purpose driven. Um, uh, person and I, uh, you know, wanted to, you know, have an impact on on the world. Right. Uh, and I just decided that I was uh, going to go figure out what that was, and mm -hmm. I um, left my, you know, really nice job, mm -hmm. um, and um, took you know, uh, little steps until I kind of got here. Mm -hmm. um, I first went and um, managed a angel investment group. I was the uh, managing director of one of um, Canada's first oh, angel groups. That's so interesting. So yeah. that was kind of a good segue yeah. between finance and business, yes. but going to help entrepreneurs, yeah. basically. Yeah, and through that, I really um, you know, learned that um, I like to build things, mm. uh, that I don't want to work on the administrative side, because um, when you're running an angel group, it's very different than running a fund. Mm. Uh, you're assisting other people uh, make the uh, investments. So mm -hmm. you're bringing matching entrepreneurs and investors. And um, 
I really, you know, enjoyed meeting entrepreneurs and learning uh, about challenges, and I just decided that, you know, I don't want to, you know, be this kind of uh, go-between, and I, you know, want to build my own company. Mm. And um, from there, I started my first company, which was uh, a concept store, okay. luxury concept store. We had a, a wine bar, a spa, uh, retail, um, you know, all in one, and it mm -hmm. was really my first experience as an entrepreneur. And that's quite a project. Um, yeah, I, um, you know, we got we got uh, the space. You know, we actually signed on for the lease based on the floor plans. Okay. Um, and so it was you didn't a, even see the space. You no, just and it was a, it was a new construction. Mm. And really, um, you know, I, I was me and uh, my co-founder, um, who was my boyfriend at the time, and okay. he's, he's now my husband. Oh, um, good. Yeah. <laughs> so we survived that. Yeah. That, well, that's a good test. <laughs> yeah. You can be in business together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was just, you know, uh, one of the best experiences of my life. Mm -hmm. and, um, and it was through doing that that I, you know, came up with the idea for Zabel. And really, you know, decided to go for it. Okay, so tell me about the first steps in yeah. building Zval and uh, the concept for footwear, uh, because we don't have that yeah. many footwear companies in Canada. It's yes. not really an industry yeah. that is widespread here. Yeah, um, you know, I think it. Uh, the reason I wanted to um, start Zavell was, you know, first and foremost, was when I looked at, at the fashion space, and if you look at today even. Um, I, as a consumer, could not relate to, um, you know, the images I saw, yeah. um, you know, how they portray women. And I really wanted to bring this idea of global citizenry to fashion. Mm. And by global citizenry, um, you know, I mean uh, a community of global-minded individuals. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people think of, you know, as global citizens, as jet-setting around the world. Um, you know, having this kind of, you know, fancy lifestyle. Lavish lifestyle. Or, yeah. Or as uh, helping refugees in Africa, right? And to me, that's, like not, it's like the yeah, two it's extremes. just two extremes. And to me, uh, you know, um, global citizenry is you know much more than that. Mm -hmm. It's um, just having a, a mindset, and um, it's yes, it's diversity, it's inclusivity, it's a, you know a lot of things. Um, and I wanted to bring that uh, to fashion and really just change the way women and their stories are portrayed. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, uh, you know, I, when I looked at, again, you know, I always kept coming back to shoes. Uh, there was this, you know, incredible, you know, uh, designers that sell these, you know, uncomfortable shoes for thousands yes. of dollars. Yes, and they're um, usually designed by men. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and it's shoe industry is actually run by men. Mm. Um, and I, you know, didn't want to, you know, pay thousand dollars for things that made me uh, feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was an entrepreneur at that time, and I couldn't also afford to do it. Yeah. And I wanted to, you know, create uh, beautifully crafted products that you know you can buy today, wear mm. five years from now, that had a, a classic feel to it, but you know, with our my own uh, modern twist on it. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to marry the two together. So, um, and I believed in it so much that. Uh, I decided to, you know, um, you know, close that business, right? And you know, take uh, all my funds and um, you know, go on this journey to to start Zavel. So go a hundred percent in. Yeah, you, go a hundred percent in. Um, you know, I didn't um, come from a you know fashion background. Right. Uh, I, I don't. I didn't know anyone in fashion other mm -hmm. than. Um, 
you know, we um, had accessories from right. emerging designers that um, in, in a concept yeah, store, yeah. in the concept store, but they were not, uh, you know, shoe designers. Mm -hmm. um, and really, it's just you know I, how I got to this point is uh, is trial and error. Mm -hmm. It's uh, you know talking to one contact after the other, having one you know door open, ten doors shut in my face. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you know, it took me over uh, like almost a year. Mm. Uh, I really focused on on the product. Okay. Um, and how did that work? How did you go about finding the right suppliers the to right work with? Yeah. And, and I'm assuming they're not necessarily here in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have um, you know that skill set in in Canada. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, there's countries like um, Italy, Spain, Brazil that for generations for uh, centuries they've yeah, been making shoes yeah and, they've been making goods. shoes and, le and leather goods um, you know I uh, did some research um, you know made some contacts in Italy uh, Brazil and Spain and I got on a plane um, alone mm -hmm. and I traveled to those these uh, these countries and I met with um, you know, uh, one factory owner after the other, mm -hmm. um, and um, you know until I you know settled on the on the first factory that I wanted to work with, mm -hmm. and you know a lot of these factories um, were like like who are you, mm -hmm. um, you know what are you trying to do, and um, you know some of them, you know like everybody wants to bet on the next Manolo Blahnik, right. um, and I don't want to be the next Manolo Blahnik, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um, I want to you know build you know, my own version of, mm -hmm. um, you know, what I consider a, a modern uh, fashion brand. Right. Um, and it was just meeting a lot of people uh, and just having this gut feeling. Um, mm. And I en ended up in uh, in Brazil. And I have a very interesting story. I was uh, working with uh, the first this first factory um, in Brazil. I didn't like the way that, um, you know, they their quality was not you know, up to the standard that I wanted. Okay. So I decided to, you know, talk to another factory. And this first factory found out. And I got this phone call. And it was a not a very pleasant phone call saying, <laughs> you know, why are you, you know, going to, um, you know, another factory and, you know, you, know, you should talk to us. Um, and I said, you know, I'm just not happy with the quality. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've, we've tried some prototype sampling and I don't think we can get there. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so I... The guy threatened me on the phone. Uh, then I got some threatening emails, and then literally uh, every person in the factory that I had met with mm -hmm. um, decided uh, to send me a nasty email. Oh my god! And uh, it was Poor like one people. nasty email after the other, and phone calls. And um, this this guy that I was working with said, "If you ever come to Brazil, we will be waiting for you. Um, you know, in the." in the airport and we will get you and we will make sure you never make shoes in this country so and that's horrible uh, yeah that was um yeah it was like i was i was frightened at the same time but also i was like well it was a real moment of it's like a you know in life and in, in business you have a lot of moments that test you yeah uh, you yes. know i could have there's bullies everywhere yeah i could have gotten you know scared and said okay i can't do this yeah. or i thought uh, I was like, well, that's actually, no one's going to stop me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I think that looking back, it's probably uh, they knew that, uh, you know, it was, you know, I was an entrepreneur. Yeah. I, it, they were scared of your potential, basically. And yeah. And losing your business was yeah, they wanted, um, horrible for them. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I remember uh, getting on this plane and, 
you know, having butterflies in my stomach, thinking, God, I hope no one is at the airport yeah. waiting for me. <laughs> um, and I, you know, went to the factory that I wanted to work mm -hmm. with and, uh, you know, made, you know, some of the best shoes, and not just in Brazil, but uh, but in the, in the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know. That's fantastic. So that was an experience with, you know, bullies trying to yeah. stop you from... Yeah, and there was, um, you know, in the shoe world, it's... Um, it, there's um you know all there's all kinds of people um in the world mm -hmm. um and when you're manufacturing um anything uh in countries that you don't know yeah um there's a lot of uh trust right um, trust involved and you meet all kinds of people you right. meet good people you meet you know bad people mm -hmm. and um if you're not um you know diligent and disciplined yes uh you will not get the you yeah. know, the product you want and yeah. the results and it's easy to fall in a trap yeah, yeah and so you need to have a very you know sometimes uh uncomfortable conversations right uh, with people and it's all you know from whether from most of the suppliers and the factory owners and even though you know uh, a lot of like in italy where we um uh, uh, you know, make all our shoes and, mm. uh, and our handbags uh, today. Uh, they're all s small factory, uh, family-owned factories. Wow. But most of them are run by men. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, you know, if the woman is is involved, but she doesn't really have as much of a strong say. Right. Um, she's in the background. Yeah, she's in the background. Or maybe they'll, br they'll bring her in the first meeting to kind of, you know, show you that... Um, there is a woman. Yeah, that the there business. is a woman. <laughs> but they were very... Um, you know they can be bullies or uh, it's it's you know they're all emotional passionate people which yeah. I get because I have a Persian background right <laughs> um, but it's you really gotta um, you know sometimes fight with people to get what you want mm, that's so interesting so after starting the brand and going to market was there a moment uh, when you felt okay this may actually take off I may actually have a successful business here what was that first moment for you um, the, that first moment was when, um, so, you know, I, um, launched, uh, the company as just like, I'm a sole founder. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, for pretty much most of the first year, it was just me. Right. Um, and, um, you know, working with, um, you know, freelancers. Right. Um, in the areas so, that I that yeah. I needed to, and that's a lot for just one person. <laughs> yeah. So there's um, you know, uh, but I, I mean I did that because I wanted to um, you know, prove the concept, and also um, I invested my own money right to start the to to start the company, and um, so before we um even had a website, um, you know, our website was delayed. Um, I did a trunk show and I sold, you know, significant uh, number of shoes. Mm. Um, and it was, it really, uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if proof is, is the right world, but it's, you have these, you know, signs, these gut checks that it's like, okay, mm. um, you know, you're onto something. I could see people, um, really resonate mm -hmm. with the product. They, uh, like the quality and they like the styles, um, and, you know, I thought, okay, you know, we have something. Um, and that was really the, f the first moment. And, you know, I've been making more shoes after that. It yeah. picked up from yeah. there, basically. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. 
Confidently building your business takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners that can provide education, financing, mentoring, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship opportunities, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. Now, let's go back to my conversation with Elle. Now, looking back, what was probably one of the biggest challenges or obstacles? And you you talked about yeah. going out and finding a supplier, so I can guess that was yeah. one of them. But was there a moment where you came close to saying, I may need to give up, this is too much? Yeah. Um, in, it's, in any business, I think there's like, um, there's so many of those moments yeah. uh, and um, sometimes you think that you, you've had those moments but then you keep having bigger moments mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know like you think it was bad but then it gets then worse, you, then it yeah. gets worse. Yeah. Um, but it gets good in between somehow. yeah it gets uh, every now and again you get this like sliver of hope yeah um, but I would I would say that uh, you know because uh, I'm in the you know in the business of making um you know beautiful um you know well-crafted um shoes uh, and bags for for women um it's there's always um you know even working with the best factories challenges you know with the product Mm. um you know we source everything ourselves okay uh we don't work with a uh like an agency um right that that, there's no middleman yeah you go straight to your suppliers yeah um, so in, uh, you know, we buy the leather, we buy, uh, we work on the last, we, you know, mm. develop everything, uh, in house, uh, and it's, you know, our own product, everything from, you know, the last to the box, everything is, you know, we know all the suppliers I've had dinner, you know, I know their families, um, you know, I know their kids' names, mm-hmm. um, and, um, there's a lot of due diligence, um, you know, that, that's been, that's been done. And I spend a lot of time um, in the factory working on the lasts, um, you know, uh, on our styles, and that's how we get them to be, um, you know, comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you know, so even with working with the best people, there's always challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, there's um, you know things like um, you know they'll argue with you and say, well, uh, you know, we make um, shoes for such and such brand because we make our shoes in the same factories as these luxury brands. Right. And um, they'll say, uh, well, uh, you know, so-and-so doesn't complain about, uh, you know, um, you know, this last mm. or, uh, you know, we don't like Europeans sometimes can have very narrow lasts, mm-hmm. uh, which actually is not good, you know, for anybody's right. feet. Yeah. Um, you know, wh- you know, if it's good enough for them, you know, it should be good enough why, for you. Why are you yeah. challenging it? Yeah, and uh, like what you know, like who you're trying to be, you're like you mm. know, your business is so small. So there's all there's always that. There's always pushback. Um, yeah, um, and then the you know on the other side is that um, you know um, the challenge is when you know we're a, our model is direct to consumer. Right. So we sell uh, you know on online internationally, mm-hmm. um, and in our own pop ups. And that has, um, you know, disadvantages and disadvantages. Um, Advantages are customers, we're able to offer them, you know, incredible service, Mm -hmm. um, you know, great, uh, great prices. And we have this, 
one-on-one relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, The disadvantage is that, you know, you don't get uh, the the marketing buzz that you would perhaps get when you're, uh, you know, um, in In a a department department store. And you and as a young business, you don't have unlimited funds to uh, you know market the products, mm-hmm. and uh, you know at the end of uh, so you're really relying on word of mouth, um, and just you know whatever small tactics that you can do uh, in the beginning to to get the word out, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's when you're making any product, you're spending all this money up front, mm-hmm. um, you know even with the you know smallest runs. Um, and you know once you have then the product then your real work begins right mm-hmm. uh, you know how do we get the word out to the customer yeah. how are they gonna buy this yeah how do we close uh, this and out? those are the the like constant challenges mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about your clients and who you design for so who is a woman buying Svan? yeah um, with our clients we really uh, I don't I think more of a psychographic um, you know, it's a woman who's independent, uh, she's globally minded, mm-hmm. um, you know, she is uh, interested uh, in the world um, and, uh, you know, she likes, um, you know, she makes her own choices when it comes to uh, fashion mm-hmm. uh, and in life. Mm-hmm. She likes to, you know, buy products that, um, that have meaning, that are well crafted and yeah. that, you know, that have this um, timeless timelessness to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that brings me to sustainability yeah. as well and in fashion. Yeah. And I find it hard, um, you know, especially since the start of the year, we started 2020 yes. with, you know, Australia being on fire yeah. and the U.S. and Iran yeah. and, and now with virus. Yes. And, I mean, there's so much going on in the world and, and we know that um, fashion can be an industry that has an impact on the environment mm-hmm. and on planet Earth. Um, and it's also about slowing down, mm-hmm. you know, this over-consumerism yeah. that we face. Yeah. Um, how do you address that as somebody who owns a, a line, a brand of fashion yeah. accessories? Um, that's a very, very good question. Uh, you know, we've been uh, thinking about that, um, you know, like uh, very seriously for the past year. So we decided that, um, uh, you know, when I was designing uh, our first handbag collection, uh, I was looking at you know packaging for the handbags, mm-hmm. and when you buy you know any product, you get a dust bag with it. You get dust right. bag with your shoes, mm-hmm. and you get dust bag for your handbags. Mm-hmm. And often, what happens is um, you know some of us use it for the shoes, mm-hmm. um, and then with the handbags, it just kind of sits in our, yeah. in, our in our shelves. Uh, and <laughs> I have we, a pile of them. Somewhere. Yeah, I mean, we forget about it, mm-hmm. or it's just kind of you know stored away, and we don't you know end up using our bags. Um, you know, uh, we decided that uh, instead of just, you know, making these, you know, dust bags that don't go anywhere and sometimes just look like a potato sack sitting there. Yeah, they're not necessarily uh, high yeah, quality. Yeah, um, that we are going to, uh, you know, create this, uh, this beautiful, um, uh, like, shopper bag mm-hmm. that's made out of, uh, you know, uh, recycled mm-hmm. uh, cotton. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we are going to, you know, give customers... Um, this the shopper bag mm-hmm. that they can use uh you know for many other things right. uh, so it it's, has a lot as a you know more function to it mm-hmm. you can you know have your shoes in it you can go take it to the grocery store you can carry your books you can really do anything that you want yeah so um you know it's like 
using one product to do like you know med- so have multi purpose yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think like you know that's one way of um, you know being sustainable mm-hmm. we um, you know we don't um, have a lot of um, packaging mm-hmm. I think that um, you know like my view is that you know when you get something in the mail and uh, you know a lot of um, uh, you know, the dominant part of our business is online. Right. Is um, you get these branded boxes. Yeah. And it's like, um, so you know, our customer is is more discreet. Um, right. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm generally also a more you know discreet private person. Mm-hmm. I don't need uh, to screen my purchases. Yeah. Um, we don't send out branded boxes. Right. Um, you so know, it's minimal packaging. Yeah. Without yeah. And I'm talking logos. the kind of like uh, the boxes, um, not the shoe boxes, mm-hmm. but you know the box that we sh- ship the yeah yeah the products out. Um, it's a, and that's also for uh, many reasons is that because we're not um, you know putting all our branding and um, you know logos and things on that uh, it actually saves um you know saves some costs which mm-hmm. we pass it on to our customers right we're not uh, you know adding um, you know more costs on yeah. the shoes and bags it's really about like what's inside um you know we don't um uh, you know plastic we only use recycled plastic mm-hmm. uh, and and very minimal uh, and when it comes to um, you know leathers, in the beginning when we were trying, yes, we you know developed and did lots of things, but uh, there's a lot of dead stock that you can buy. You know leathers that's already uh, on the market um, that are great qualities mm-hmm. and used by you know all these big brands uh, that you can use that you know and that we use for our shoes and bags. So we mm-hmm. don't need to be constantly uh, going out and you know inventing uh, new things that you know the world is going to waste. Right. And, and my view's always been on, you know, when it comes to sustainability, it's just, uh, I've lived like this all my life. I've, right. you know, always bought things that, um, you know, were well-made, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, I, I enjoyed, mm-hmm. and I don't run out and go by, you know, the latest trend. Uh, I'm, you know, we're not as a brand, we... You know, we, yes, we study what's happening in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look at trends, but we're not a trend-driven brand. So right. if, well, I don't know, studs are in, we're not going to be rushing out to, to make the cheapest thing and, and sell it to you. Right. Um, and if you buy something that, you know, you like mm-hmm. and you enjoy, um, you know, that you can have for years, um, then I think that's a more sustainable way of, um, of living. Of living. I totally uh, agree with it's, you. Yeah. No, and I think there's something to be said about that because there's a lot of fast fashion brands who are implementing very interesting sustainability Mm -hmm. practices and that's important and I won't name specific ones, but the problem is if you keep buying fast fashion, it's still disposable. So even if it's made in a slightly more, you know, eco-friendly or, you know, reducing the impact on planet Earth, it's still a piece that's meant to, you know, not last for very long and then you're throwing it out and buying a new one. And then all the shipping, the packaging, yes. even the people's time making yeah. it, I mean, that all goes to waste. And buying quality, yeah. timeless objects, even if you might be spending a little mm-hmm. bit more on them, but you're at least getting the quality that's going to last for a really long time. Yeah. That's sustainability. Yeah. And the one thing also people don't consider in sustainability, it's the the human capital. Yes. Who is making all these yes, products? Yes, exactly. Um, I think we saw that with what happened in Bangladesh yeah. and, and other accidents around the world where yeah. factories you know, are just yeah. using their workforce. Yeah. Like we, uh, and we take it very seriously. Like um, we 
you know, this is why we have a relationship with every single supplier. Mm-hmm. We we don't right. outsource, uh, you know, uh, anything. Mm. Um, we're always, um, you know, we're based there. Like uh, we have, you know, a team there that's, you know, dropping on these people, you know, without them, you know, without appointments, mm-hmm. uh, meeting them. I regularly spend like, you know, every second month I'm in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, we have uh, adults who have a passion, um, you know, for this industry, uh, making our handbags mm-hmm. um, and our shoes. And this is, um, you know, that's, and they've been doing it for generations. Their mm-hmm. parents have been doing it. Mm-hmm. They take a lot of pride uh, in what they do and they're well paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for me, it's, you know, how can you talk about sustainability when you're like rushing out and buying this, you know, $5 um, t-shirt mm-hmm. and, um, you know, drinking your $10 latte mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, you want, um, I think like we, we all have, we all have to make choices mm-hmm. um, and I think like true sustainability, um, you know, we can really make progress when every individual um, you know, starts making small choices, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, we all love to talk about, um, you know, making big impact, mm-hmm. but really big impact happens when, you know, many of us mm-hmm. start making small, small gestures. Yeah, totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be your advice for someone, a young woman thinking about starting a brand in fashion, possibly footwear? What were your top advice and tips um uh, it, you know my top tip would be you know talk to as many people uh, as you can um but after a certain point you really have to um you know make your own decision right um because you're gonna get uh, you know every person you talk to will have a different advice yeah um and the thing about you know entrepreneurship or starting anything is that um, you have to live or or die with your decisions? Right. Yeah. Um, nobody else is going to do it for yeah, you. Yeah. Nobody You're the else one is going to do it for you. And um, you really have to have a passion uh, for for what you do mm. because um, that's the the thing that's going to sustain you. Yeah. And you have to have a why for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If it's just um, you know uh, people consider fashion to be a you know glamorous and I think people who don't work in it you <laughs> they know, think, think it's very glamorous. glamorous from the outside but it's, yeah. it's a it's a business like anything else yeah. you have to make products even like photo shoots are not glamorous mm-hmm. only you know afterwards it looks glamorous in the magazine yeah it's um you need to have a why you're you know for for what you're doing mm. um and if you have a why that's really going to sustain you in in the good times and the bad times and also when other people you know, uh, question your judgment or uh, or don't like what you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good advice. Um, if you could go back in time and do something different, is there anything you would change? Uh, no, because, you know, all the mistakes that I've done mm-hmm. uh, have, you know, led me here. Yeah. Uh, all the decisions, uh, you know, that I've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm. I don't uh, believe in regrets. Mm-hmm. I think that you know everything is is a lesson uh, that you learn, and um, sometimes you know the the things that have been the hardest in life actually, um, you know, are the lessons that you needed to learn to yeah. make progress in other areas. Mm-hmm. They serve you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
are very busy. You've talked about the fact that you travel quite frequently, going back to Italy and so on. Um, how do you manage to stay? And I hate talking about balance because I don't think it exists. I've yeah. talked about that a lot in, in other podcasts. But how do you stay grounded and still feel like you can be the best version of yourself amidst a very busy and demanding life? Yeah. Um, I'm married to an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps. Yeah, that, that, that helps. Um, and, you know, that uh, partnership really, um, you know, helps me stay grounded because I see the ups and downs in somebody else's life and somebody else's business. And, um, you know, I think that I've come to a point is that, you know, we all have choices in whatever we're making. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, nothing is promised. Um, the only thing we have is, you know, this one moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how you stay grounded is, uh, you know, it's really the simple things. It's, um, you know, spending time with people you love, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting some sleep if you can. Yeah, sleep is good. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I like saying that, you know, feeding your soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, listen. How, how do you yeah. feed yourself? How do you feel? Uh, well, by you know, like your podcast feeds mm. my soul. Oh, um, it's you know, listening to stories, um, interesting stories, stories of you know, women uh, or men doing you know, different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always something that you can learn. Mm. Um, you know, I love just sitting uh, by myself, uh, like in the mornings, you know, uh, or any time that I can throughout the day, just having that. Um, you know, stillness within yourself. Yes. I think that a lot of, for me at least, um, I'm a very energetic person mm-hmm. and um, I don't slow down. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm turned on all the time. Right. Uh, I don't turn off. Yeah, I think there's I, no off button. No, I just, uh, I turn off when I sleep, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and, you know, a lot of, um, I need to have, feel that peace within me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really up to us. Um, so that's something that I'm working on, uh, you know, to continue to have that peace within me so that I can do the things I want to do mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then my favorite question to ask is, what do you wish women would do more of? I wish m- more women, and myself included, would, um, you know, um, walk how they want. It's something that uh, we, we say at Zabel. And by that, I mean is exactly that, walk, you know, how you want. Mm. Um, we, you know, there's a lot of, um, people love to prescribe things to women, yes. society, our yes. families, and somewhere along the way, um, if we pay too much attention to, you know, anyone or any anything, we, uh, we lose our own voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we can achieve great things, but perhaps not uh, feel satisfied. Mm. So I, I would say that um, just having the, the courage mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, walk how you want. And, um, and that courage comes from any, any small step. Mm-hmm. It's not, um, you know, you don't get up, uh, nobody gets up, you know, having a boatload of uh, courage. Right. It's that, you know, you take one yeah. step and then, um, you feel you good there. about it mm-hmm. um, and and just being okay with um, you know your own convictions your own truths um, mm. I think Oprah Oprah said this that um, you know if you really if you want to achieve a purpose in life you, you're inevitably going to disappoint some people mm-hmm. 
So you can, you know, spend your life trying to keep people happy, mm -hmm. uh, or you can, um, you know, achieve your purpose. Yes. And sometimes along the way, uh, even with your well intentions, you have to, you know, piss some people off, mm -hmm. and and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good advice. Well, thank you so much, Al. This was fantastic, and uh, you shared really interesting insights. And best of luck with the future for the brand. I'm really excited to see what happens. Thanks next. for having me. Thank you. A huge thanks to Al, founder of Zaval. It was a pleasure meeting her and chatting about her business. If you liked our episode today, don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on the podcast app of your choice. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Brand is Female. Thank you to TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs, for their support of The Brand is Female. If you're a woman entrepreneur, check out TD Services and find out how you can benefit from their support. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you so much for listening today. I'll be back in a week with a new guest on the show. Yeah.